Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Heme Consults podcast. I'm your host, TSC Anwemena. I am a master speaker today. And I'll tell you why soon, but I do want to let you know I'm super excited to announce that we have our master class coming up. It's the first master class I'm doing, and I'm super excited to invite you to it. It's happening August 21st at 6 p.m. Please come, bring a friend, register on our website, coagcoach.com, look for our events and register. And if for whatever reason you're listening to this podcast episode after August 21st, I want to let you know we're going to do another one. So go to our website, coagcoach.com, events. And look for the next event date there. I'm super excited that I'm super excited to announce it. And it's going to be really, really good. We're talking about negotiate your first, next, or current academic job. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. I hope that you come and invite a friend. All right. The theme scripture for today's episode is John chapter 2, verse 25. And I just want to start the episode by letting you know that what people say about you does not define who you are. A woman of color in hematology, people have a lot to say about you. And if you let them, they'll speak and tell you. But what they say does not define who you are. And that's important because sometimes you keep hearing things about you that lead you to a place where you start to think it's like, is that who I am? And you get confused because you didn't used to think you were that person. But the more you hear something said about you over and over again, you start to change the way you see yourself. And what people say about you shouldn't change the way you see yourself. And I'm saying that you, first of all, need to choose who you are, learn who you are, work on transforming and improving the person you are. But be aware of who you are at any given point in time so that when people come and they have something to say about you that's contrary to what you know to be true about yourself, you know. You're not confused. You're not worried. You're not afraid. And the same goes the other way. When they come to you and they're like, oh my gosh, you're so awesome, you're not confused. Well, you know you're awesome, but you know who you are. And you don't get giddy and excited. And like, oh my gosh, you said I'm awesome. Oh my goodness, I can't, I can't sleep anymore. Don't do that. Be, be chill about it. They tell you you're awful. You're like, yep, I know I'm not. They tell you you're a superstar. You're like, well, I am, but okay. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more in the episode shortly. But just remember, woman of color in hematology and everybody else who's not, what people say about you doesn't have to define who you are unless you decide it does. Let's turn now to today's episode, which is titled Resonance. I've wanted to talk about this topic for a long time, and I'm excited to have finally got to it. So this story is about 
a webinar that I recently recorded for the American Society of Hematology. It is the webinar on transfusion medicine. You should go look it up. It's really good. And I I will tell you that actually, I was asked to record this talk for the first time about three years ago. Now, the review series has been going on for a long time. So I was a new invitee. I was a new invited speaker three years ago. And at the time, actually, honestly, I'm not a transfusion medicine doc. I'm I'm a hematologist. I understand transfusion medicine. I have to study it for my boards. And I thought, oh, they're asking me to do this talk in transfusion, but I'm not really a transfusion medicine doc. But what I am is an expert in apheresis. (laughs) And so it made sense to me that, well, there wasn't an apheresis talk. So they invited me to do the transfusion talk. And as part of the transfusion talk, I got to talk about apheresis. So I'm like, okay, I did the talk. And one of the reasons I also took on the responsibility of doing the talk was that at the time I was studying for my boards. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to look up all the info for the transfusion medicine talk and study for my boards at the same time. And at the time, I was also creating my YouTube channel. You should check me out, YouTube, Coag Coach. There are lots of great, great educational content, um, educational videos and hematology that I made at the time. And part of it was that I'm studying for my boards. As I'm teaching people this, I'm going to get to know it really well. And I will tell you that when I got my score report back, I did super awesome on transfusion medicine relative to everything else. So, so it really helped me eventually. And I say all that to say that if people invite you to do a talk that doesn't advance you, don't do it. <laughs> And just give it to someone else because another talk is always going to come. But this talk made sense and I did it. Anyway, so I did it the first year. I refined it to create videos for my YouTube channel. And then the following year, they asked me to record like an additional component to it. And I did. So that was, you know, two years in a row. And then the third year, they were like, can you record a brand new lecture and include what you included the first time, include the second component that you've included, and then make sure you talk about apheresis to a great extent. So in a sense, I was kind of taking taking all three talks, the two that I'd already done, and then an additional talk and creating one talk that would last 45 minutes. Now, I've been working on this talk actually for three years. <laughs> I mean, you know, intermittently, but I started writing the talk. I, I created the first talk three years ago, and now this is the third year I'm creating a new talk. And by this time, the talk I'm creating is now kind of like a conglomerate of all the talks I've done so far. So it's the refined, new, improved talk, much better than the first one I did when I recorded the for the series three years ago. Okay, so I put together the talk because even though the talk already existed, I still had to put it together, reformat for the slide deck that they gave me, you know, different things like that. And I put a lot of energy into it at the time that I put together the talk. And I will tell you that I have a lot of slides because I layer my slides for maximum understanding of the person who's listening. And so um, don't tell anybody, but I had 765 slides <laughs> for a 45 minute lecture. It's usually not recommended, but if you watch the, um, the webinar, you'll understand why I had 765 slides. And even still, you might not believe it. You're like, what? That's too many slides. Yes, it sounds like that, but I actually made the talk within 46 minutes. Anyway, I say all that to say, that at the end of the talk, there was just the sense that I had given so much <laughs> in like putting the slides together, iterating and iterating and iterating until I got to the point that I did. And then I, you know, put together 765 slides, even though each slide has like minimal things on it because I layer my slides. It still felt like a lot of slides to navigate through because I, I really did have to review all 765 of them before it was time to give the talk. So it just kind of felt like I had done a lot. And then it was 46 minutes later, 
the webinar was done and it just felt like nothing happened. Anyway, so the webinar actually ended up being released maybe a month or two after I recorded it. And the webinar was released on Friday. And on Saturday, I got someone who sent me an email saying, oh my goodness, this talk was so awesome. Can you come give a talk at our institution? I mean, that's, that's a pretty big deal. And, and it was kind of like, okay, okay, it must have been a good talk. And, and to be honest, I got a, a lot of you know, mail from different people. I had texts from people who, had, had, who know me and had listened to the talk. And they were like, wow, that was so good. Wow, that was so good. And I remember thinking, when all those positive reviews kept coming in, I remember thinking, oh, wow, was it that good? Oh, okay, I'm a great speaker. Oh, I must be good. And I remember thinking, I was like, no, that's not even the right attitude. Because to be honest, I'm a good speaker. Like, I mean, actually, I'm a great speaker. And I know that because my mama told me. <laughs> no, I know that because I've been working on being a great speaker for a very long time. I, I, I started at least over 20 years ago working on improving my speaking. And to be honest, I'm still working on it right now. And um, I've changed my speaking strategy in the last three months because of new things I've learned. So I'm somebody who's consistently giving to investing in the way I speak. And from even when I started speaking 20 some plus years ago, people always told me I was a good speaker back then. So, so I've come to know that about myself, that I speak well. And so when I was getting all these things pouring in saying, wow, that was such a great talk. I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me, but I was still kind of like, you know, it goes to your head and you're like, oh, okay, mm, that was good. That was good. Okay. But I had to pause and say, okay, did you not know that you were a great speaker? Like, well, I, I did know. Like, okay, so why is it that what these people are telling you is now making you feel like you're like, I don't know, out of this world? And I mean, it was just an important conversation to have with myself. And I had that conversation with myself. And, and I remember at the end of it, I was thinking, you know what? They're telling you what you already know about yourself. They're confirming things you already know. And so your job is just to say thank you. And, and to be honest, I, I've kept the feedback because I, I thought it was important to remind myself of why it matters that I, you know, do talks the way I do. And so I remember having that conversation with myself so that I was like, whether they think good about you or they think bad about you, it doesn't change the fact that you're a speaker who invests in her speaking and therefore you show up as a good speaker. Okay, so I settled that with myself. I have conversations with myself. Yes, I do talk to myself. I recommend talking to yourself. It doesn't matter who's listening. <laughs> so. It was appropriate that the next day I got the email, the email, the one that comes where the person who sent the email didn't even introduce themselves. They, the title of the email, you know, you know what's coming when the title of the email is your transfusion medicine talk. <laughs> and this person proceeded to explain one point that they felt that I had got wrong that was really bad. And this person attached to the email five articles that I needed to go back and read so that next time I wouldn't make the same error. <sighs> no introduction, no, hey, I am, I'm from, I, there was none of that. There was just the, mm-mm, you did this, you said this. And, and to be honest, I kind of, I was like, okay, everyone's been so positive about this talk. When is the other shoe going to drop? When is somebody going to tell me that the talk was awful? And what actually was a relief, because I read it, I was like, is that it? That's all you found to criticize about the talk? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, good to know. And actually, it took me a long time, but I finally did respond and say, thank you. Your thoughts are appreciated. That It was a really short email. But it's just that if I said thank you to the people who were like, oh my gosh, your talk was so awesome. And the person who said, you know what, this sucked about your talk. 
I still have the opportunity to say thank you. Thank you for telling me it because that's what I'm thanking them for. I'm not saying thank you for making me a great speaker or thank you for calling me a great speaker. I'm saying thank you for taking the time to reach out to me. So I, I, I share the story to tell you that people will always have an opinion about you one way or the other. And only when they have a really strong opinion about you do you hear about it. If they are like, I loved your talk. Ooh, so good. Many people will feel strongly enough that they're going to stop what they're doing to say, it was so good, I needed to tell you. That's really nice when that happens. And then there'll be people who'll be like, I hated that talk. And they hated it so much, they can't live life until they've paused everything they're doing to give you a phone call and tell you how much your talk sucked. (laughs) They just can't live. And then they do it. And what's important to understand is that the emails, I mean, it's the same talk, right? Different emails, night and day. But the thing that you should recognize about what you're getting is that people are speaking to the aspect of them that resonates the most with you. And so people who sent me emails saying, you know, your talk was excellent, they're gracious people. And what I was reading was their graciousness in saying, I like the way you put this together. And then for the person who was like, uh, this talk was awful. And they were resonating with the part of them that's critically looking for errors and making sure that everybody is perfectly saying the right thing. And so both people were talking to me about the same talk that I know was a good talk because I gave it my all. It was a good talk. But the second criticism, the criticism that came doesn't change the fact that I gave a great talk, even though this person said, you know, you got this wrong and you got that wrong. But what it does help me understand is that people will always speak to the aspect of them in you that resonates with them the most. And for that reason, the second thing I want you to know is that what people say about you to you tells you more about them than it does about you. So for the people who are like, oh my gosh, I loved your talk. There are things about my talk that they feel that check the box for them as to what is a good talk. And for that reason, they judged my talk to be good. And then for the other person who felt like, well, any talk that has a single error is a horrible talk. They checked that that box for them. And that's what they came to tell me. So what I was getting, the feedback, is really what they value, right? The people who value cool, calm, collected voice, slides done nicely. They shared with me those things. And then for the person who did not value that, who valued, don't you ever make an error and read these five articles so you never do that again, that was what they shared with me. And so I learned from their feedback who they are and what they value. For that reason, the third point I want to make is that you should not allow people's assessment of you to guide the way you feel about yourself. When people assess you, it shouldn't change the way you feel about yourself. And that's important because they're sharing with you a component of who you are, absolutely, but just the component of you that resonates with them in some way, whether good or bad. They're sharing with you something about you that means a lot to them. And so when they say, hey, you're so awesome, okay, feel good about that, but recognize that it doesn't mean that you're, an, you're 
you're awesome. I mean, it just means that there's a piece of you that's awesome that they resonate with. And just don't let that overwhelm or derail you. And when they say, holy cow, you suck. All they're saying is that there's a piece of you that resonates with me in a way that makes me say you suck. But they're not giving you an assessment of who you are. They're not telling you the whole picture of you. And so what is important is for you to have a clear sense of who you are so that other people's assessment of you doesn't guide the way you feel about yourself. And this is really important. And that's why the thing I'm asking you to do is to figure out for yourself who you are, independent of other people's judgment. This is really important. Get a clear sense of who you are. And this is where, honestly, coaching really helps. Because one of the challenges in in academic medicine, especially in our training, is that there's so much subjective feedback and we get confused. (laughs) We get confused. We're like, okay, this person said I suck. This person said I suck. This person said I suck. And you're like, oh, I must suck. But you don't. What feedback should do is it should not be a judgment. It should be evaluative and it should give you opportunity for growth. When this person talks to the patient, sometimes it seems as if they're yelling. I recommend that they lower their voice and maybe wait for the patient to finish without interruption. That's great feedback. So actionable, so lacking in medicine. Most of the time people say, she doesn't know how to talk to patients. She should remediate med school. It's something like that. I mean, it tells you a lot about the person and, you know, the anger and the, <laughs> and the bitterness and the uh, burnout that's happening in them most of the time. But, but you need to understand that you need to first figure out who you are. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Before people start to judge you. And when they say, holy cow, you don't know how to talk to anybody. You have to pause and say, is that true? Or what aspect of that is true? If people gave feedback better, it would just be helpful because then they wouldn't judge you. They would just say, this is the opportunity for you to improve. And then you would be like, okay, I take the opportunity to improve. It's just that there's a lot of judgment in medicine. But it's important to recognize that when someone gives you feedback, ask yourself, well, what they said about me, the judgment they gave about me, is it true? And that's so important. Always ask that question. It doesn't matter how wonderful this person is. It doesn't matter that they say everybody else is awesome. And then all of a sudden they say, you're not awesome. Ask yourself, well, is it true? (laughs) And it's important. And the only way you can judge whether it's true or not is by knowing who you are, independent of their judgment. So do the work that's necessary to figure out for yourself who you are so that when people judge you, you are able to reject the judgment and just take what the feedback is, like figure out what the feedback is. And sometimes it, it will require you stopping and saying, I can see that you, you said here on the, feed, on the, on the feedback um, paper that I suck. Can you help me understand what actionable steps can I take to not suck? <laughs> You're not going to do that. But I'm just saying that what you want to do if you have the opportunity, is to challenge the people who give you feedback to say, make it actionable for me. I I see that you have strong feelings about this, but but give me something that I can work on. Feedback is about improvement. And so the second thing I want to tell you is don't let their feedback change the way you think about yourself. Don't let it change the way you think about yourself. Accept it and say, okay, thank you for giving it to me because I didn't have to say anything to you. But if you have the opportunity Ask them to give you action steps that you can take. 
Don't accept their judgment as true or false, actually. Don't accept their judgment, period. They don't get to judge you. Nobody gets to judge you. Can I, can I just pause and say nobody gets to judge you? You don't even get to judge yourself. <laughs> so don't accept people's judgment of you because judgment is kind of useless. Judgment says good, stamp. Judgment says bad, stamp. It's not very helpful. If you're going to become an amazing person or a more amazing person because you're pretty cool already. Oh, see, I just judged you. <laughs> I judged you well, but I still judged you. But if you're going to improve, if you're going to grow as a person, you need actionable steps so that you can put things into action. You can, you can take steps to improve yourself. But when somebody just says, oh, you're wonderful, great, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help you move. It doesn't help you improve. But if they t say, when you give a talk and your voice is calm, it really helps me think critically about what you're saying. Ooh, that's good feedback. Mm. You're like, hmm, okay, well, next time I talk, how about I, I, I'll still do that FMDJ voice? Okay, I, I can do that. And so, or, or when they say, you know, when you give a talk and you don't quote this paper, that's the seminal paper, it, it comes across as if you're not acknowledging the work that's been done. That's really helpful. It's like, oh, okay. So citing these seminal papers is what you're looking for in a talk. Got it. And then you can decide whether you use the feedback or not. So, so the third thing I'm asking you to do is sort what's useful from what's not useful. Reject all judgment. They say you are so awesome. Meh. You can, I mean, you know, it makes you feel good. So please keep it. But reject it as feedback. It's not feedback. You're so wonderful doesn't help you move forward. It's like, how was I wonderful so that I can do it again? And that's the whole point of positive feedback is for you to know something you've done well so you can do it again. And the whole point of negative feedback is so that you recognize something you've done that you don't do again. And so that's why judgment is not helpful because it just judges you as good or bad. And what, what can you do about who you are? If they're like, you're fixed, well, there's no recovering from that. And so whenever you get feedback, if you have the opportunity Ask people for, to define for you exactly how they think you're good or how they think you're bad. Help them sort out what are the actionable steps that you can take to improve, whether it's that you're doing something good and you can do it better, or you're doing something that they consider bad and you can avoid it. But you get to choose whether you keep their feedback or not. Sort out what's useful, sort out what's not useful, and then keep the rest. So at the end of all of that, you know, all the wonderful things that people said about my talk versus the thing that this person said. I think at the end of that, what I keep is that, yes, I have known for a long time that I'm a great speaker and I want to continue to improve my speaking. And what I take from all the positive feedback is that my slides resonated with people. They were not cluttered and my voice was calm and it helped them absorb the material better. That's good. I know that I want to practice doing that more. That's really good. And then for the other person who felt that I was kind of reinforcing dogma, it helps me know that the next time I give that talk, I will specifically emphasize that there is one way that's recommended, but really the literature would say that things are a little bit different. So, you know, the papers, honestly, I didn't read them. But when I go to give the talk again, if I ever do, again, transfusion medicine is not something I do routinely. I'll go back and say, okay, well, where's the data now, right? Because data is always evolving. <laughs> uh, 
and then I can apply it to the talk the next time. So sort the useful from what is not useful. All right, I think that's all I have to say to you today. Again, we have a masterclass that's coming. Please show up and um, invite a friend. It's August 21. And if you've missed it, look out for the next one. It's on our website, coagcoach.com. Look for the events. And I hope to see you there. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to remind you, oh, woman of color in hematology, that who you are is not defined by other people. It's actually defined by you. And so I want you to do the work this week of figuring out who you are and clarifying who you want to become. Because you're on a journey, a journey of becoming. And having a clear picture of what that becoming looks like helps you continue to move towards the target until you hit it. And then there's a new target that's set because there's more that needs to come out of you. All right, that's all I have for today. It's a pleasure to talk to you, a woman of color in hematology. I look forward to talking with you again next time.